If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to John 14. We're going to read verse 27 here in just a second, and then Philippians 4. Let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, would you help us to enjoy your peace? Help us to live up to the blessing that you would have for us and to settle for nothing less than walking at peace with you. Through Christ we pray. Amen. John chapter 14, Jesus is uh, is very close actually to being put on trial, thrown into prison, beaten, and, uh, and crucified. And then he says to his followers in verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled or fearful. Jesus says to us, he promises us peace. He says, you don't have to let your hearts be troubled. But how many of you are like I am and you would say, you know, I really struggle with finding peace consistently. I mean, I have moments, but, but not consistently. In fact, if you ask people a lot of time, oh, so how you doing? What do they often say? Or how's your week going? Or whatever. It's like, often people say, well, oh, I'm busy. Not enough hours in a day. You know, if we're really honest, when we're talking to people that are really close to us, we'll say, ah, I'm stressed by, by this challenge or by this deadline or by this financial situation or this decision that we have to make. And yet in front of the, and yet Jesus says, peace, I leave with you. In Isaiah, in the Old Testament, Isaiah 26, 3 God promises that he will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. In Philippians chapter 4, as Paul concludes this letter to this church in Philippi, a church that when he was there, remember, he was thrown into prison. And then he concludes by saying to them, hey, don't worry about anything but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This past week, as I record this, Chris Barris spoke at New Life, and I think he gave us a great challenge. I felt really uh, encouraged, actually, by what he had to say when he talked about, when he kind of asked, well, what are the things that are robbing you of peace? Could it be that that phone that you hold, that that phone that your children have is actually robbing them of peace? We know that people today in the United States experience more anxiety than ever. And yet at the same time, we know that people are obsessed with the adrenaline rush, with the dopamine hit that comes by looking at that phone. And so he challenged us in our thinking. I think it's kind of interesting. The, remember, I want you to listen to what uh, Chris has to say again, but listen to it in the context of, of Paul saying, God wants you to have his peace. And then he says, well, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and have heard from me and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. If we're going to have peace with God, maybe the first thing we need to do is take away those things that are robbing us of peace. Listen to Chris here. 
Secondly, and this one should be obvious, but when we're talking about anxiety, I would say this. Number two, limit, the, limit your time with things that drive up your anxiety. Now, that's hard, especially in Northern Virginia, because I bet traffic is one of them, and it's hard to limit your time there, right? Or, you know, if, if I asked you what are the things that drive up your anxiety, you'd probably start naming names. You'd be like my mother-in-law, Dave in accounting, that girl in my math class, really just math in general. Like, all of these things drive my anxiety up. And Chris, it's impossible for me to limit my time with them because I have to have that job. I have to know that person. I have to be in that relationship. And I understand that. It, it can be hard to set limits on your limits, right? Like, like it's not easy necessarily to totally remove everything that causes anxiety. We're going to have to learn to be non-anxious in the midst of it and not just remove ourselves totally from all and cut everybody out of our lives. Like, we can't do that. But I think a big driver right now, honestly, is social media. Um, a big driver for the anxiety in us and how we're feeling is uh, the constant feed of information that's telling us what we should think, what we should worry about, what we should be into. And I want to show you some, some graphs on this. I don't know if you're data heads. Some of you probably are. Uh, there's a lot I could show you. I've been reading about this and following this for, for quite a while. Um, but I think there's some really interesting stuff here. Now, these graphs are about teenagers. So if you're a teen in the room, focus. This is your moment, if you can. Focus if you can, okay? This is your moment. I'm talking to you. But everybody, this is us. This isn't just teens, okay? Um, here, here's a graph. Major depression among U.S. teens in girls has gone up 145% since 2010, and boys has gone up 161% since 2010. That's nuts. Uh, if you look, it really starts to spike around 2012. Right there is when it really starts to move, but it had been pretty consistent for a long time and then really takes a, a jump there. Uh, here's another one. This is pessimism, the rise in adolescent pessimism. Um, Again, major increases. I don't know how pessimism is exactly defined here. Maybe it's just people saying everything sucks, which is things I hear from my teenagers sometimes. Um, but it, again, since 2010, but really around 2012, if you want to know what's happening in 2012 that might be related here is 2012 was the first year that over 50% of the population had smartphones. So we now had all the magic of the internet and all the, all the wisdom of humanity all carried around in our phones at all times. That's when that shifted was in 2012. And from that time, some things have happened. Sure, we're more depressed, but at least I can order an Uber on my phone. Isn't that great? Like it's, it's weird what has happened in the, last, in the last decade. And I think we're just getting our heads around it. Um, there's a there's a test you can take online. There's a group called Sapien Labs, a nonprofit group, and they're, they're, they measure mental health. And I took their online quiz. It's about 15 minutes long, and it's a lot of questions about how do you respond to change on a scale from one to nine. They do this, all these scale questions. How do you respond to change? How do you respond to you know, this thing happening or this thing? And then it asks you a bunch of questions about like how much sleep do you get? How much exercise do you do? What's your eating habits like? What was your childhood like? Whole bunch of stuff. And it gives you a score from like negative 100 to positive 200. It's kind of a weird scoring. But obviously, the higher the number you have on there, the more likely you are to be sort of mentally healthy. So they, they've, they've done that kind of test with a whole bunch of, a bunch of people. And one of the questions in the middle of that test they ask you is this one. At what age did you get your own smartphone or tablet, like an iPad, with internet access that you could carry with you? Now, for those of us who are adults, the answer to that question is like 
you know, 34 or something like that. Like that's when I first had a thing that I could carry with me. But for kids who grew up in it, it, it obviously is, it could be an answer is very young. Here's, here's the data from the mental health test, all, all the data around that question. Let me explain this to you. On the right is the six outcomes that they measure on this test, adaptability, resilience, drive, motivation, social self, mood, and outlook. This is just females aged 18 to 24, okay? Uh, on the left is how high they scored on the test overall. And at the bottom is what age were they when they got a smartphone? So if you want to take a moment to read it, here's, here's the basic, here's basically what that's telling you. The earlier you got a smartphone, the harder your mental health has been. Like it's not going well for you if you got a smartphone when you were six. I, my, my son's gonna be in here next service. And I wanna be like, this is why we got you a dumb phone for years, years, and you hated it. You were the only kid who had a flip phone. Yes, you were, and this is why. And I had a sense of this, but like my kids were out sort of at the front edge of this, so we're you know, kind of figuring this out as we're going along. But there's something going on here we, and we need to pay attention. And that's females 18 to 25, right? This, this, we could do this for a lot of different groups and see the challenges that we're facing. So what's the solution? We could get a dumb phone. You could do that. Um, you could remove most of the apps off of your phone. I had a friend who did this. He's like, Chris, he, guy 50 years old. He and I had coffee the other day. He's like, I took all the social media off my phone. I have no more apps. And he said, it's weird though, because I keep picking up my phone and trying to look at something. So I just look at my weather app. And I'm like, right, but you know what that is, right? You know, what, you know what that feeling is. It's weird to me. It's like, I mean, if this is an addiction, it sounds like we're trying to like make cocaine like less cocaine-y, you know? Like, how do I get this a little less addictive for me? And so he's like, it, it's difficult. I said, I said, hey, did you know you can make your phone grayscale so it just shows up black and white? And he's like, no, I didn't know that. And I was like, and here's how I knew that. My 18-year-old told me because he does it. He's like, dad, I don't use my phone that much. My, my 18 year old at one point had his phone usage down to 25 minutes a day. I don't know what yours is, but I bet it's higher than that. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is amazing. He's like, yeah, you make your phone black and white. It's just way less interesting to look at. And so I, that's, that's a step that, I, that I've taken to try to, it's hard to recognize where the apps are when you're used to looking at them by color, but you figure it out. Um, it, it, it's, it's weird uh, to, to, to back out of these things. I got off Twitter this year, um, and it's amazing how much I don't know about everything now. I don't know all the things and all the things that I should think about all the things like I used to. Um, and, I, and I used to justify it. Oh, I'm a pastor. I need to know what people are thinking about and are into. Man, that stuff just drives me nuts. Like it wasn't, it wasn't helpful for me. And so I, I, I got off of it this year. And they say ignorance is bliss, and that's kind of true. Maybe I don't need to know all the things all the time. Maybe there's actually, maybe not bliss, but maybe there's less anxiety when you don't know everything everywhere all at once, right? right? Maybe when you, when you aren't aware of all the things, maybe that's a, a, a beautiful thing. And I talk about digital engagement a lot in our church. I don't know how much you guys talk about it here, but I, I think we need to pay attention. We need to be hypervigilant about this stuff. What do you think? What do you hear God say? Again, the challenge of the Bible, the encouragement of the Bible is, hey, don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Is there any practical step that you could take with your phone 
that would maybe give you some peace. I know I love Chris's challenge. Yeah, it's going to mean lifestyle change. But maybe you don't need to be so in touch all the time. Maybe you don't need to be answering those emails and texts all the time. What would you do? What could you do? Take a practical step. Maybe get rid of some apps. I did. There is a local news app that I found myself going to a lot just because I want to keep in touch with what's going on in local news. <laughs> and most of the time, local news is there's a shooting in Woodbridge. Um, but I thought, you know what? I'm just I'm going to take that app off and see how it goes. Um, I love what he said about putting your phone in 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 um, uh, black and white. I went ahead and did that. You know, maybe it'll make it a little less attractive to your appeal. And I, I read it and I thought, wow, that's kind of cool. And again, I find myself getting freed from that tension. Put it in monochrome. Maybe you need to get rid of some apps. I'm glad uh, I've never been on TikTok, but you know, are, are you on TikTok? Social media. Um, Facebook. I don't know if people are on Facebook anymore or not, but are, 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 what are those apps that that for sake of peace, God is encouraging you, hey, let him go. My peace, he says, I give to you. But if it's going to happen, then we need to take control of what goes on in the mind, what goes through our spirit. So whatever is honorable, true, just, pure, lovely, commendable. If there is any moral excellence, if we find ourselves constantly being focused on things that are not moral excellence, we should not be surprised that our peace is robbed. My desire for us this year is to be at more peace. First step, take away the things that are robbing you of peace. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your word that it is true. God, there's a part of us that really does desire the peace that you would give, that peace that transcends understanding, and yet there's a part of us that um, doesn't want to change. There's a part of us that doesn't want to be different from people around us. But Lord, we want to be different from people around us because we want to walk with you more closely than ever. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you found this helpful, share it with a friend.